0: SECTION 4 OF THE SCHOOLMASTER AND OTHER STORIES BY ANTON Chekhov. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY WILLIAM TOMKO THE SCHOOLMASTER AND OTHER STORIES BY ANTON Chekhov. SECTION 4 BETROTHED PART 1 CHAPTERS 1 TO 3 IT WAS 10 O'CLOCK IN THE EVENING AND THE FULL MOON WAS SHINING OVER THE GARDEN in the schumann's house an evening service celebrated at the request of the grandmother marfa mihalovna was just over and now nadia she had gone into the garden for a minute could see the table being laid for supper in the dining-room and her grandmother bustling about in her gorgeous silk dress father andrei a chief priest of the cathedral was talking to nadia's mother nina ivanovna and now in the evening light through the window her mother for some reason looked very young andrei andreitch father andrei's son was standing by listening attentively it was still and cool in the garden and dark peaceful shadows lay on the ground there was a sound of frogs croaking far far away beyond the town there was a feeling of may sweet may one drew deep breaths and longed to fancy that not here but far away under the sky above the trees far away in the open country in the fields and the woods the life of spring was unfolding now mysterious lovely rich and holy beyond the understanding of weak sinful man and for some reason one wanted to cry she nadia was already twenty-three Ever since she was sixteen, she had been passionately dreaming of marriage, and at last she was engaged to Andrei Andreitch, the young man who was standing on the other side of the window. She liked him. The wedding was already fixed for July 7th, and yet there was no joy in her heart. She was sleeping badly. Her spirits drooped. She could hear from the open windows of the basement, where the kitchen was, the hurrying servants, the clatter of knives, the banging of the swing door. There was a smell of roast turkey and pickled cherries, and for some reason it seemed to her that it would be like that all her life, with no change, no end to it. Someone came out of the house and stood on the steps. It was Alexandra Timofych, or, as he was always called, Sasha, who had come from Moscow ten days before and was staying with them years ago a distant relation of the grandmother a gentleman's widow called marya petrovna a thin sickly little woman who had sunk into poverty used to come to the house to ask for assistance she had a son sasha it used for some reason to be said that he had talent as an artist and when his mother died nadia's grandmother had for the salvation of her soul sent him to the kamisarovsky school in moscow Two years later he went into the School of Painting, spent nearly fifteen years there, and only just managed to scrape through the leaving examination in the section of architecture. He did not set up as an architect, however, but took a job at a lithographer's. He used to come almost every year, usually very ill, to stay with Nadia's grandmother to rest and recover he was wearing now a frock-coat buttoned up and shabby canvas trousers crumpled into creases at the bottom and his shirt had not been ironed and he had somehow all over a look of not being fresh he was very thin with big eyes long thin fingers and a swarthy bearded face and all the same he was handsome with the Schumanns, he was like one of the family and in their house felt he was at home and the room in which he lived, when he was there, had for years been called Sasha's room. Standing on the steps, he saw Nadya and went up to her. "'It's nice here,' he said. "'Of course it's nice. You ought to stay here till the autumn.' "'Yes. I expect it will come to that. I dare say I shall stay with you till September.' He laughed, for no reason, and sat down beside her. "'I'm sitting, gazing at Mother,' said Nadya she looks so young from here. My mother has her weaknesses, of course, she added, after a pause, but still she is an exceptional woman. Yes, she is very nice, Sasha agreed. Your mother, in her own way, of course, is a very good and sweet woman. But, how shall I say, I went early this morning into your kitchen, and there I found four servants sleeping on the floor. No bedsteads, and rags for bedding stench bugs beetles it is just as it was twenty years ago no change at all well granny god bless her what else can you expect of granny but your mother speaks french you know and acts in private theatricals one would think she might understand as sasha talked he used to stretch out two long wasted fingers before the listener's face it all seems somehow strange to me here now I am out of the habit of it, he went on, there is no making it out. Nobody ever does anything. Your mother spends the whole day walking about like a duchess. Granny does nothing either. Nor you either. And your Andrei Andreitch never does anything either. Nadia had heard this the year before, and she fancied the year before that, too, and she knew that Sasha could not make any other criticism and in old days this had amused her but now for some reason she felt annoyed that's all stale and i have been sick of it for ages she said and got up you should think of something a little newer he laughed and got up too and they went together toward the house she tall handsome and well made beside him looked very healthy and smartly dressed she was conscious of this and felt sorry for him and for some reason awkward and you say a great deal you should not she said you've just been talking about my andre but you see you don't know him my andre bother him your andre i am sorry for your youth they were already sitting down to supper as the young people went into the dining room The grandmother, or granny as she was called in the household, a very stout, plain old lady with bushy eyebrows and a little mustache, was talking loudly, and from her voice and manner of speaking it could be seen that she was the person of most importance in the house. She owned rows of shops in the market, and the old-fashioned house with columns and the garden, yet she prayed every morning that God might save her from ruin, and shed tears as she did so her daughter-in-law, Nadia's mother, Nina Ivanovna, a fair-haired woman, tightly laced in, with a pince-nez and diamonds in every finger, Father Andre, a lean, toothless old man, whose face always looked as though he were just going to say something amusing, and his son, Andre Andreitch, a stout and handsome young man, with curly hair, looking like an artist or an actor, were all talking of hypnotism. ''You will get well in a week here,'' said Granny, addressing Sasha. ''Only you must eat more.'' ''What do you look like?'' she sighed. ''You are really dreadful. You are a regular prodigal son. That is what you are.'' After wasting his father's substance in riotous living, said Father Andre slowly, with laughing eyes, ''He fed with senseless beasts.'' "'I like my dad,' said Andrei Andreitch, touching his father on the shoulder. "'He is a splendid old fellow, a dear old fellow.' Everyone was silent for a space. Sasha suddenly burst out laughing and put his dinner napkin to his mouth. "'So, you believe in hypnotism?' said Father Andrei to Nina Ivanovna. "'I cannot, of course, assert that I believe,' answered Nina Ivanovna, "'assuming a very serious, even severe, expression.' but i must own that there is much that is mysterious and incomprehensible in nature i quite agree with you though i must add that religion distinctly curtails for us the domain of the mysterious a big and very fat turkey was served father andrei and nina ivanova went on with their conversation nina ivanova's diamonds glittered on her fingers then tears began to glitter in her eyes she grew excited though i cannot venture to argue with you she said you must admit there are so many insoluble riddles in life not one i assure you after supper andrey andreitch played the fiddle and nina ivanova accompanied him on the piano ten years before he had taken his degree at the university in the faculty of arts but had never held any post had no definite work and only from time to time took part in concerts for charitable objects and in the town he was regarded as a musician andrei andreitch played they all listened in silence the samovar was boiling quietly on the table and no one but sasha was drinking tea then when it struck twelve a violin string suddenly broke everyone laughed bustled about and began saying good-bye after seeing her fiance out nadia went upstairs where she and her mother had their rooms The lower story was occupied by the grandmother. They began putting the lights out below in the dining room while Sasha still sat on drinking tea. He always spent a long time over tea in the Moscow style, drinking as much as seven glasses at a time. For a long time after Nadya had undressed and gone to bed, she could hear the servants clearing away downstairs and Granny talking angrily at last everything was hushed and nobody could be heard but sasha from time to time coughing on a bass note in his room below chapter two when nadia woke up it must have been two o'clock it was beginning to get light a watchman was tapping somewhere far away she was not sleepy and her bed felt very soft and uncomfortable nadia sat up in her bed and fell to thinking as she had done every night in may her thoughts were the same as they had been the night before useless persistent thoughts always alike of how andrei andreitch had begun courting her and had made her an offer how she had accepted him and then little by little had come to appreciate the kindly intelligent man but for some reason now when there was hardly a month left before the wedding she began to feel dread and uneasiness as though something vague and oppression were before her Tick-tock, tick-tock, the watchman tapped lazily. Tick-tock. Through the big, old-fashioned window she could see the garden and, at a little distance, bushes of lilac in full flower, drowsy and lifeless from the cold, and a thick white mist was floating softly up to the lilac, trying to cover it. Drowsy rooks were cawing in the faraway trees. "'My God, why is my heart so heavy?' Perhaps every girl felt the same before her wedding. There was no knowing. Or was it Sasha's influence? But for several years past, Sasha had been repeating the same thing, like a copybook, and when he talked he seemed naive and queer. But why was it she could not get Sasha out of her head? Why was it? The watchman left off tapping for a long while. The birds were twittering under the windows, and the mist had disappeared from the garden. Everything was lighted up by the spring sunshine as by a smile. Soon the whole garden, warm and caressed by the sun, returned to life, and dew drops like diamonds glittered on the leaves, and the old neglected garden on that morning looked young and gaily decked. Granny was already awake. Sasha's husky cough began. Nadya could hear them below setting the samovar and moving the chairs the hours passed slowly nadia had been up and walking about the garden for a long while and still the morning dragged on at last nina ivanovna appeared with a tear-stained face carrying a glass of mineral water she was interested in spiritualism and homeopathy read a great deal was fond of talking of the doubts to which she was subject and to nadya it seemed as though there were a deep mysterious significance in all that now nadya kissed her mother and walked beside her what have you been crying about mother she asked last night i was reading a story in which there is an old man and his daughter the old man is in some office and his chief falls in love with his daughter "'I have not finished it, but there was a passage which made it hard to keep from tears,' said Nina Ivanovna, and she sipped at her glass. "'I thought of it this morning and shed tears again.' "'I have been so depressed all these days,' said Nadia, after a pause. "'Why is it I don't sleep at night?' "'I don't know, dear. "'When I can't sleep, I shut my eyes very tightly, like this, and picture to myself Anna Karinin moving about and talking.' or something historical from the ancient world. Nadya felt that her mother did not understand her, and was incapable of understanding. She felt this for the first time in her life, and it positively frightened her and made her want to hide herself, and she went away to her own room. At two o'clock they sat down to dinner. It was Wednesday, a fast day, and so vegetable soup and brim with boiled grain were set before Granny. To tease Granny, Sasha ate his meat soup as well as the vegetable soup. He was making jokes all through dinner time, but his jests were labored and invariably with a moral bearing, and the effect was not at all amusing, when before making some witty remark he raised his very long, thin, deathly-looking fingers, and when one remembered that he was very ill, and would probably not be much longer in this world, one felt sorry for him and ready to weep. After dinner, Granny went off to her own room to lie down. Nina Ivanovna played on the piano for a little, and then she too went away. "'Oh, dear Nadia,' Sasha began his usual afternoon conversation, "'if only you would listen to me. If only you would!' She was sitting far back in an old-fashioned armchair, with her eyes shut, while he paced slowly about the room from corner to corner if only you would go to the university he said only enlightened and holy people are interesting it's only they who are wanted the more of such people there are the sooner the kingdom of god will come on earth of your town then not one stone will be left everything will be blown up from the foundations everything will be changed as though by magic and then there will be immense magnificent houses here wonderful gardens, marvelous fountains, remarkable people. But that's not what matters most. What matters most is that the crowd, in our sense of the word, in the sense in which it exists now, that evil will not exist then, because every man will believe, and every man will know what he is living for, and no one will seek moral support in the crowd. Dear Nadia, darling girl, go away. Show them all that you are sick of this stagnant, gray, sinful life. Prove it to yourself, at least." "'I can't, Sasha. I'm going to be married.' "'Oh, nonsense. What's it for?' They went out into the garden and walked up and down a little. "'And however that may be, my dear girl, you must think, you must realize how unclean, how immoral this idle life of yours is,' Sasha went on do understand that if for instance you and your mother and your grandmother do nothing it means that someone else is working for you you are eating up someone else's life and is that clean isn't it filthy nadya wanted to say yes that is true she wanted to say that she understood but tears came into her eyes her spirits drooped and shrinking into herself she went off to her room towards evening andrei andreich arrived and as usual played the fiddle for a long time he was not given to much talk as a rule and was fond of the fiddle perhaps because one could be silent while playing at eleven o'clock when he was about to go home and had put on his greatcoat he embraced Nadya and began greedily kissing her face her shoulders and her hands my dear my sweet my charmer he muttered Oh, how happy I am. I am beside myself with rapture. And it seemed to her as though she had heard that long, long ago, or had read it somewhere, in some old tattered novel thrown away long ago. In the dining room, Sasha was sitting at the table drinking tea with a saucer poised on his five long fingers. Granny was laying out patience. Nina Ivanovna was reading the flame crackled in the icon lamp and everything it seemed was quiet and going well nadja said good-night went upstairs to her room got into bed and fell asleep at once but just as on the night before almost before it was light she woke up she was not sleepy there was an uneasy oppressive feeling in her heart she sat up with her head on her knees and thought of her fiance and her marriage she for some reason remembered that her mother had not loved her father and now had nothing and lived in complete dependence on her mother-in-law granny and however much Nadia pondered she could not imagine why she had hitherto seen in her mother something special and exceptional how it was she had not noticed that she was a simple ordinary unhappy woman and sasha downstairs was not asleep she could hear him coughing He is a queer, naive man, thought Nadia, and in all his dreams, in all those marvelous gardens and wonderful fountains, one felt there was something absurd. But for some reason in his naivete, in this very absurdity, there was something so beautiful that as soon as she thought of the possibility of going to the university, it sent a cold thrill through her heart and her bosom and flooded them with joy and rapture. But better not think, "'Better not think,' she whispered. "'I must not think of it.' "'Tick-tock,' tapped the watchman, somewhere far away. "'Tick-tock, tick-tock.'" Chapter 3 In the middle of June, Sasha suddenly felt bored and made up his mind to return to Moscow. "'I can't exist in this town,' he said gloomily. "'No water supply, no drains. "'It disgusts me to eat at dinner.' The filth in the kitchen is incredible. Wait a little, prodigal son, Granny tried to persuade him, speaking for some reason in a whisper. The wedding is to be on the seventh. I don't want to. You meant to stay with us until September. But now, you see, I don't want to. I must get to work. The summer was gray and cold. The trees were wet. Everything in the garden looked dejected and uninviting it certainly did make one long to get to work the sound of unfamiliar women's voices was heard downstairs and upstairs there was the rattle of a sewing machine in granny's room they were working hard at the trousseau of fur coats alone six were provided for nadja and the cheapest of them in granny's words had cost three hundred roubles the fuss irritated sasha he stayed in his own room and was cross but everyone persuaded him to remain and he promised not to go before the first of july time passed quickly on st peter's day Andrey andreitch went with Nadia after dinner to moscow street to look once more at the house which had been taken and made ready for the young couple some time before it was a house of two stories but so far only the upper floor had been furnished there was in the hall a shining floor painted and parquetted there were viennese chairs a piano a violin stand there was a smell of paint on the wall hung a big oil painting in a gold frame a naked lady and beside her a purple vase with a broken handle an exquisite picture said andrei andreitch and he gave a respectful sigh it's the work of the artist shisbachevsky then there was the drawing-room with a round table and a sofa and easy chairs upholstered in bright blue. Above the sofa was a big photograph of Father Andre wearing a priest's velvet cap and decorations. Then they went into the dining room in which there was a sideboard, then into the bedroom. Here, in the half-dusk, stood two bedsteads side by side, and it looked as though the bedroom had been decorated with the idea that it would always be very agreeable there and could not possibly be anything else. Andrei Andreyitch led Nadja about the rooms, all the while keeping his arm around her waist, and she felt weak and conscience stricken She hated all the rooms, the beds, the easy chairs. She was nauseated by the naked lady. It was clear to her now that she had ceased to love Andrei Andreitch, or perhaps had never loved him at all. But how to say this? and to whom to say it, and with what object she did not understand, and could not understand, though she was thinking about it all day and all night. He held her round the waist, talking so affectionately, so modestly, was so happy, walking about this house of his, while she saw nothing in it all but vulgarity, stupid, naive, unbearable vulgarity, and his arm round her waist felt as hard and cold as an iron hoop and every minute she was on the point of running away bursting into sobs throwing herself out of a window andrei andreitch led her into the bathroom and here he touched a tap fixed in the wall and at once water flowed what do you say to that he said and laughed i had a tank holding two hundred gallons put in the loft and so now we shall have water they walked across the yard and went out into the street and took a cab thick clouds of dust were blowing and it seemed as though it were just going to rain you are not cold said andrei andreitch screwing up his eyes at the dust she did not answer yesterday you remember sasha blamed me for doing nothing he said after a brief silence well he is right absolutely right i do nothing and can do nothing my precious Why is it? Why is it that the very thought that I may some day fix a cockade on my cap and go into the government service is so hateful to me? Why do I feel so uncomfortable when I see a lawyer, or a Latin master, or a member of the Zemstvo? Oh, Mother Russia! Oh, Mother Russia! What a burden of idle and useless people you still carry! How many like me are upon you, long-suffering mother! and from the fact that he did nothing he drew generalizations, seeing in it a sign of the times. When we are married, let us go together into the country, my precious. There we will work. We will buy ourselves a little piece of land with a garden and a river. We will labor and watch life. Oh, how splendid that will be! He took off his hat, and his hair floated in the wind while she listened to him and thought, Good God! i wish i were home when they were quite near the house they overtook father Andre. ah here's father coming cried Andre andreitch delighted and he waved his hat i love my dad really he said as he paid the cabman he's a splendid old fellow a dear old fellow nadya went into the house feeling cross and unwell thinking that there would be visitors all the evening that she would have to entertain them to smile to listen to the fiddle to listen to all sorts of nonsense and to talk of nothing but the wedding granny dignified gorgeous in her silk dress and haughty as she always seemed before visitors was sitting before the samovar father andre came in with his sly smile i have the pleasure and blessed consolation of seeing you in health he said to granny and it was hard to tell whether he was joking or speaking seriously end of section four recording by william tomko